0: We are uh, uh, in a series uh, that I'm that I'm calling "Jesus, Lord of Your Personality," and uh, uh, it's today's Easter. So it was, you know, I wanted to try to make this uh, an Easter message as well as following our series as well. Uh, so uh, today's uh, message is is called "From Bitterness to Forgiveness." Uh, what a glorious thing to celebrate uh, today is. The resurrection of Jesus from the grave is a glorious thing to celebrate, not just one day a year on Easter, but every single day of our lives. Um, On Friday, Jesus was crucified on the cross. Uh, After he died, he was buried in a borrowed tomb, and then his body laid for part of three days in that tomb. Uh, Friday, all day Saturday, the Sabbath, and Sunday, the first day of the week. Let's read uh, from uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 1 through 10. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples suddenly jesus met them greetings he said they came to him clasped his feet and worshiped him then jesus said to them do not be afraid go and tell his brothers to go tell my brothers to go to galilee there they will see me he is not here he is risen just as he said just as he said Jesus was alive again. He, he appeared to the 12 disciples and, and to many others during the time of his resurrection and his ascension back to heaven. He continued to teach. He continued to, to speak of the kingdom of God. Uh, the, the disciples who hid in fear for their lives um, and thought that everything that Jesus had stood for was, was over and done, you know, that he had been defeated by the Jews and by the Romans, these same disciples saw with their own eyes that it was not all over, uh, that Jesus had not been defeated. The disciples saw that Jesus had risen from the dead because of what they witnessed. They, they went from being scared, defeated followers to men who were now willing to give their lives For what they knew was true, that Jesus was alive. He is not in the tomb. He is risen, just as he said. You and I and the whole world gather today to celebrate what those disciples and hundreds of others witnessed with their own eyes. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Now, do we understand what a big deal That is, you know, people don't rise from the dead, do they? Uh, As much as we might wish that they did, you and I know that that people, when they pass away, they don't come back and live in this world anymore. They just don't. But Jesus did. Not only is this a big deal because it just never happens, but it's also a big deal because of what his resurrection means. To you and me you know jesus defeated death A- and because he defeated death he promised that if we are his followers and we have made him the lord and savior of our life we also will defeat death just as he did let's read uh, from paul's writings to the the church at thessalonica 1st thessalonians 4 13 through 18 Paul writes, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be mis uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not preach precede those who have fallen asleep for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a a loud command with the voice of the archangel and with a trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and after that we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will be with the Lord forever therefore encourage one another with these words. Wow, could there be more encouraging words than that? You know, that's why today is such a huge deal, this celebration that the world is experiencing right now. You know, it's more than the the, the recognition of just some unusual event, someone coming back from the dead, you know, a, a resurrection. It's the celebration of the fact that because Jesus rose from the grave, Uh, And defeated death so will we so will we if we've made jesus our savior we will defeat death too but there's more to that celebration uh than than just the fact that jesus defeated death Uh, we we also celebrate the fact that he died you know some might hear that and think you know how morbid is, is a religion that celebrates the death of its leader. That doesn't seem right. But of course, you know, we know that his death was just temporary. We know it wasn't forever. Uh, when, when we celebrate Jesus' death, we know the end of the story, don't we? You know, we? We know that Jesus did not remain in the grave. He rose from the grave. You know, it's sort of like watching a, a recorded football game. Uh, of your favorite team when, when you know what the end is. You know at the end uh, that your team won. I, I love watching recorded games uh, for my team when I know that they won. In fact, I don't, I don't watch it if I know they lost. <laughs> That's no fun. But if I know they won, I love watching recorded games. You know, during the game, you know, the other team, maybe they get ahead. They they get a touchdown, and they've they've gone ahead, and everybody's slapping each other on the back on the other team and and giving the number one signal, and yeah, 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 and they think they've got it, but you know what's coming. You know what's coming. You know on that last drive, your quarterback throws the long bomb, and you get the winning touchdown just as the clock runs out, and you can go, hey, you thought you were going to win, didn't you? I knew you weren't. You know, we can celebrate the death of Jesus because we know what the outcome is. We know Jesus wins in the end. But we also celebrate Jesus' death because of just what his death means to us. What it means to us. You know, in order for you and me to be saved, Jesus had to die. He had to die. Uh, Now, why did he have to die? He had to die to save us from having to die. You know, every human being uh, is a sinner. Every single one. All of us have disobeyed God's laws. You know What happens when we break a law? What happens when we break a law? We have to pay the penalty for breaking that law, right? If we speed, we have to pay a fine. Uh, if we rob a bank, we, we pay by going to jail for a few years. Uh, if we commit murder, in some cases, we pay with our life, or, 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 or if not, maybe spend the rest of our life in prison. Wh- when we disobey a law, we must pay the penalty. That's the way it works. And the same is true for God's law. If we disobey God's laws, we must pay the penalty, the penalty that God calls for in his law. Now, what is that penalty when we, when we disobey his laws? Uh, It's death. It's death. It's not just physical death, but eternal death. Eternal separation from God. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, Paul writes, For the wages of sin is death. What we earn when we commit a sin, when we break one of God's laws, is death. Another way of putting it is to say that we owe a debt to God when we sin. A debt is a price that we owe for something. Have you ever had someone pay a debt for you? Probably most of us have, maybe our parents or a friend or something uh, in years years past. Uh, We know what that's like. The other day when I was going through the drive-thru at McDonald's to get my my daily breakfast there, uh, when I got to the window to pay for my breakfast, uh, the lady told me that the person in front of me had paid for it. She said, you're good to go. You don't owe anything. The person in front of you paid for it. Um, Now, normally, when I go through the drive-thru at McDonald's, I pay for my breakfast. Uh, But on this day, someone else paid it for me, which means I got my breakfast without having to pay for it myself. It still was paid for, but I didn't have to pay for it myself. The debt still had to be paid But the generous person in front of me paid it for me. You know, that's what Jesus did when he died on the cross for us. You and I owe God a debt for our sin. And normally, we must pay that debt with our eternal life, eternal separation from, from God. But God decided that he would ask his son if he would pay the debt for us. And Jesus agreed to do that. He agreed to die in our place for our sin. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, Paul writes, You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, because Jesus paid the debt for our sins, you know, that means that our debt of sin is forgiven. It's forgiven. Our sins are forgiven because Jesus paid for them. Jesus took our sin on himself and died for them so that we could then be made right with God. Someone earlier read this passage 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin, Jesus had no sin, never committed sin, was perfect, but God made the perfect Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us. He took the weight of all of our sins on himself uh, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God so that we can be made right with God in our relationship with him. You know, sometimes... Uh, after we accept God's gift of forgiveness, we, we still worry about whether we, we are we still going to have to pay something for our sin? Uh, probably uh, many of us have, have wondered that. Yeah, I know he paid for my sin, but am I still going to have to pay something for them? You know, all of us continue to sin after we accept Jesus as our Savior, right? Um, becoming a Christian doesn't make us perfect, does It certainly didn't make me perfect with the help of the holy spirit you know when when we accept christ as our savior and in our baptism we receive the gift of the holy spirit and and the holy spirit can help us to sin less and less and less in our lives um but we still even the 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 greatest christian lie still commits sin sometimes we do sometimes so we worry because of that we worry sometimes god our 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 All my sins paid for by Jesus? All of them? Will I have to pay some, especially for my sins that I've committed since I've become a Christian? Am I going to have to pay for some of them? And here's the answer no. (laughs) No. Jesus paid for all of our sins, past, present, and future. God said that the wages of sin is death, right? That's what Paul wrote. The wages of sin, what's owed for sin is death. Jesus paid for our sins, all of our sins, all of them when he died for you and me on the cross. Justice would not be served if, if God backed out and said, well, yeah, I said, yeah, I did say Jesus. Now Jesus did pay for some of your sins, but not all of them. You still owe some for some of your sins. What if the person in front of me uh, at McDonald's had, had paid for my meal, and then when I got to the, to the drive-thru, and to the pay window, the, the lady said, well, the, the person in front of you paid for your meal, but but you still owe me for the meal, too. You know, w- Would that be right for, for this person to require double payment uh, for the food that I was going to, to purchase? No, that, that would be dishonest. It would be unjust on the part of the drive through person to make me pay twice, to make it be paid twice. It was already paid for by the first person. I shouldn't have to pay also. It, God is a just God, and he said that Jesus paid the price for our sin. The deal is done. There is no more payment required. None. And that's hard for us to accept sometimes. It, it, it's hard for us to accept sometimes. Our, our human mind wants to require more punishment for sin that's committed uh, after we become a Christian, when we continue to sin. Uh, we, we just think, well, certainly I've got to be pa- punished for this, yeah, Jesus paid for the passions, but, but this one, I mean, what about, what about now? God made the rules, though. God made the rules. It's his law, and he said, one death, the death of his son paid it all. No other death is required. No other punishment is required. It, it doesn't make sense to us sometimes, but it's true. It's called grace. It's called grace. You know, if we have made Jesus our Lord and Savior, I want everybody to hear this. Hear this. If you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior, we will not be punished for any sin. All of our sins, past, present, and future, were paid for when Jesus died for them. All of them. Okay, now for the legalists out there who, who, who may be listening, you, you might think, yeah, but, but what about those sins committed after we accept Jesus? You know, what, 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 is, what is our motivation to be faithful if we don't have to worry about being punished for it? What's our motivation to be faithful, to keep sin out of our lives? Well, we, 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 like, to, we like to use punishment as motivation. You break a law, you get punished, uh, because that's what makes sense to our human mind. You, you break the speed limit, you get you get a fine. You, you rob a bank, you get fined. Punishment—that's what makes sense to us as humans. We like to use that as our motivation because that makes sense. If we sin after we become a Christian, a Christian, you know, we might could still go to hell. So, so we better continue to keep sin out of our lives because we don't want to be punished. You know, as Christians, saved by God's grace through Jesus, we must understand the price has been paid. Period. Period. So motivation to live a faithful life should not be the fear of punishment. Punishment has already happened with Jesus. That part is done. No, the motivation should be love and gratitude to God for what he did for us. That's our motivation to be faithful. Our our sin put Jesus on the cross. If we accept his gift of forgiveness, how could we then continue to do the very thing that put him on the cross in the first place? You know, when the person in front of me paid for my breakfast, it, it would really be wrong for me to then follow them around all day until lunchtime, right? And, and see where that which drive through. Maybe they go to, to, to Hardy's and they get in line at Hardee's. Oh, let me get right behind them and hope that they'll pay for my lunch too and take advantage of their generosity. That would be wrong on my part, right? And in the same way, it would be wrong for us to take advantage of God's grace and his forgiveness by willingly and intentionally continuing to sin. Romans 6 verse 1 and 2. Paul wrote. Why shall we say then shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase. Take advantage of God's grace. And he answers it by no means. We are, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Well Paul's appeal to us to keep sin out of our lives is not punishment as as Christians is not punishment it's not death it's an appeal to our common sensibility does it make sense that a person forgiven from their sins should intentionally keep on sinning no that doesn't make sense to so honor God's gift of forgiveness by seeking every day with the help of the Holy Spirit to keep sin out of our life. That's our motivation. Now, we won't be perfect. We're going to slip and fall uh, sometimes. But when we do slip and fall, the death of Jesus covers it in honor of what Jesus did for you and me. Because we love him. Our goal each day should be to keep sin out of our life. That's our motivation. So we celebrate the death of Jesus because his death paid the debt for our sin. We do that every Sunday. We just did it just a few minutes ago. We partook of the Lord's Supper. We took the bread and the cup, and the bread represents the body of Jesus. The cup represents his shed blood. Uh, Basically, communion reminds us of the death of Jesus. Every Sunday, we celebrate that together uh, during communion. Um, The whole world today celebrates his resurrection from the grave uh, on Easter. If Jesus had remained in the grave, uh, then his death would have been no different than anybody else's death. Anybody could have said, I'm going to die for your sins. Uh, But if there's no resurrection, then, then that's worthless. But in this case, the Son of God defeated death. The Son of God was punished and then the Son of God defeated the punishment. And that powerful act made it possible for Jesus to pay the price for every human's sin. Every single one of you in this room, and in on Facebook, and in the world, and who live before us, and who will live after us, the Son of God defeated death. And therefore, he can pay the price for everyone's sins. Hebrews 2 verse 9 says, But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that, by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. For everyone. Jesus died for everyone, including you, including me, including you on Facebook today. So what is our response? to this wonderful gift that God has given us, this wonderful gift of forgiveness that Easter offers to all of us. Well, we've already said that allowing the Holy Spirit to help us rid our lives of sin should be our goal every day. Today, Lord, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit control my life, and I'm going to do my very best with His power to keep sin out of my life because of what you did for me on the cross? How can, how can we be okay? How can any of us be okay with continuing to do the very things that Jesus did on the cross? Intentionally. Now, I'm talking about slipping and falling sometimes. But I'm, I'm talking about intentional sin. Sinful lifestyle. There's no excuse for Sin. Uh, Not even because of our personalities that we've been talking about uh, during this series. God said, do not grumble. Do not complain. It's sinful to do that. There's no excuse for it, right? Because it's sinful. Even for people who've got a lot to complain about, it's still sinful to complain and to grumble. Rather, replace grumbling with gratitude. Why? Because of what Jesus did to forgive us of the sin of grumbling. No excuses. Not even for worrying. We talked about last week. Jesus said, do not worry. So it's sinful to worry. Uh, There's no excuse for it, right? Worrying. Even for those who have the worry gene, it's still sinful. Why? Because of what Jesus did to forgive us of the sin of worrying. That's why we try not to worry and let the Holy Spirit help us not worry. Because of what Jesus did to forgive us of that sin. Okay, here's the big one. Here's the big one. One that we've we've, we've talked about not too long ago. If you go back to our series on the Timeless 10, you can find those on the podcast or on the website. Remember the sermon we did on Do Not murder. And in that sermon, we talked about anger and how to deal with anger. Um, So let's talk just for a few minutes about forgiveness. Forgiveness. Think about all those times that that you have let God down, that, that we have let God down by lying or lusting or grumbling or worrying or failing to help someone who was in need or failing to share our faith when we had an opportunity or hurting someone with harsh words or unfaithfulness think of all the thousands and thousands of times that we have sinned against God we've hurt his feelings we've hurt one of his children his sons or his daughters think about all those times we have hurt God yet no matter how many times that I have hurt God in my life with my sin God willingly without hesitation forgave every single one of them and he's ready to forgive any sin that i might commit today or tomorrow for the rest of my life without hesitation god has every right to hold our sins against us but he chooses not to he chooses to forgive all right here's where it gets tough for you and me what's that line in the lord's the lord's prayer Uh, when we say the Lord's Prayer, Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, when we're saying that the Lord's Prayer and we get to that line, can we say that with a straight face? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Um, How many of us would agree that we would like God to forgive us like he forgives, not the way we forgive? I'm, I'm for the way... He forgives. I, I hope God uses that standard instead of mine. Immediately following the model prayer in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, Jesus said this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins." Now, you know, you and I don't earn our salvation, our forgiveness by forgiving people, you know, that's not, all right, that's not the the, the way we are saved, we're saved by God's grace, because sometimes we sin and we don't forgive people like we should, and so we're not earning our salvation by our forgiving of others, but if we truly have given our life to Jesus as our Lord, we're going to seek every day to live our lives the way God wants us to live them, right? That's what we're going to do if Jesus is our Lord, And one of those things that God wants us to do is to forgive those who sin against us. Maybe you've been deeply hurt by someone in your life. Maybe someone abused you emotionally, verbally, physically, as a child or in a marriage. Maybe someone abandoned you. Someone took something from you that cannot be replaced, like a relationship or a childhood or a reputation. Someone failed you. Someone neglected you. Someone embarrassed you. Perhaps, as I speak right now, there's a person's face that's burning in in your mind right now that has hurt you in the past. A person that only brings hurt when you think about them. Part of living in a fallen world means that there will be times when people in our lives will sin against us just as we sin against them. Okay, here's the difficult part of, of that, that pretty much every personality in here struggles with. Maybe more than any other thing, we, we struggle with this. That person that you're thinking about right now, the one that, that caused hurt in your life, God wants you to forgive them for what they did. Now, here's, here's how I'm tempted to react to that. I'm tempted to think, hmm, that'll be the day. After what they did to me, uh-uh, no way am I going to forgive them. And anyone, including God himself, would understand if we thought that. I, I imagine when Jesus was walking among us as a man, he often was tempted to feel that very same way. When Jesus was praying in the garden, when he was weeping in agony because of what he faced with the crucifixion, I wonder if Jesus was tempted to think, hmm, Father, you want me to die for for Mark? I, I, you want me to, to die for, and you, you insert your name there. You want me to die for them after all they've done to hurt me with their sinful choices? You want me to die for them? But then what did Jesus say? Not my will, Father, but yours. And he willingly did it. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus in chapter 4, verse 31 through 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other, just as in Christ Christ. God forgave you. You know that is so difficult to do, isn't it? Probably one of the most difficult things as a Christian to do is to forgive someone who has hurt us. As I as I mentioned, uh, we talked about forgiveness not too long ago, and again, I encourage you to go back and listen. I re-listened to that sermon this week, and and uh, there's some some more in depth discussion of forgiveness that might be helpful for you. So, again, it was called uh, The Timeless Ten, Do Not Murder. Um, let, let's review one of the things that I think hampers people from forgiving, and that's the myths about forgiveness. Uh, we, because we might believe these myths, that might hamper us or, or, or keep us from, from forgiving people. So we've got four myths that I want to review again this morning about forgiveness. The first one is this. Forgiveness means that I'm saying what they did to me was okay. What they did to me was okay. Well, let me just say, that's a lie. That is not what forgiveness does. You know, we we hold on to anger because we want to punish the person who hurt us. You know, and and we we want to make sure they understand that what they did to me was wrong. And so I'm going to hold on to the anger so they there's no doubt in their mind that they did something wrong but our anger only hurts us it doesn't hurt them sometimes they don't even they don't even know you're angry at them so how could it hurt them anger doesn't change the heart of others it only destroys our heart forgiveness does not condone what they did to you it just allows your heart to heal When God forgave you, let me ask you, did he say that what you did was okay? No, no. And neither does our forgiveness condone the sin of others. Myth number two about forgiveness. Forgiving is the same as trusting. No, it's not. It's two completely different things. Uh, Forgiveness and trust are two completely different things. Forgiveness is something you do. It depends on you. Uh, It's it's something you can give to another person, uh, and you don't really even have to interact with them. it, It might be nice to tell them, you know, I forgive you for what you did, but you don't even have to do that. It's just a decision you make in your heart to them. Trust, on the other hand, though, depends on the other person. Trust is something that they must earn back from you. And you don't have to give it to them. You may never give it to them because you may never trust them again. But you can still forgive them because they're two completely different things. Myth number three about forgiveness. Forgiveness means forgetting. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You may forgive and you may never forget maybe maybe hopefully you'll think about it less and less and less as you forgive uh, and that's a good thing but god doesn't tell us to forget he only tells us to forgive and myth number 4 about forgiveness forgiveness feels like i'm being weak it feels like i'm being weak you know, forgiveness is something uh, is anything anything but weakness how many times have we seen on television maybe there was this tragedy where, where a, a, a bad person hurts or kills a, a child and, 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 uh, and then the parents get on TV and they say, you know, we're Christians and we have decided we're going to forgive this guy for what he did to our child. Now, when we, when we see an example like that, do we ever think, oh, they're so weak for doing that? No, we, we, we admire their strength. I could never do that, we think how strong they must be to be able to forgive this person who did this terrible thing to their child. Forgiveness is not giving in to the bully or the monster. Uh, It's freeing yourself from the bully or monster's grip on you. You can show them that they're, they're no longer able to hurt you and control you. In fact, forgiveness may be the greatest show of strength that the world has ever seen. Now, would we ever say God is weak because he forgave us? No. No, there is no greater example of strength than God's forgiveness for us and ourselves. Remember, the only person you're hurting by holding on to your anger is you. Someone said, holding on to anger is like drinking poison and then expecting the other person to die. Now, I like this boating example. Forgiveness is like pulling up the anchor so that you can finally sail. We we talked about the same thing not too long ago in our Time with Sin series, but let me ask you, uh, since then, anyone still struggling with forgiveness? (laughs) Did that sermon solve everything, if you heard it? Um, I can think of no better time to revisit forgiveness than today on Easter Sunday, the day that you and I and the whole world celebrate the fact that Jesus forgave us of our sin. His death and resurrection made forgiveness possible. So let's celebrate God's forgiveness of our sin by, by being willing to forgive those who have sinned against us. Let God transform you from bitterness to forgiveness. Father, I thank you so much for that wonderful, wonderful unfathomable gift that you gave us in your son Jesus uh, who died on, on the cross for our sin. Lord, I, I can't imagine having to go through what he did but, but he was willing to do that for us so that we could be saved. Uh, Lord, you ask us because of what you did for us in your son, you ask us to allow the Holy Spirit to give us the strength to keep sin out of our lives and and one of those, one of those uh, commands, those, those desires you have is for us to forgive people who sin against us. Uh, Lord, help us to have the strength to be able to to give them forgiveness, not for their sake but for our sake. Uh, Lord, uh, bless us as we seek to, to copy you and forgive. And we thank you so much for the fact that the price has been paid period help us not to to worry and 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 be concerned about whether or not a sin that we've committed is going to be held against us help us to know that as long as we're following you and being faithful to you even when we slip and fall your son paid the price for our sin thank you for that gift we ask all this in jesus name